Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Unforgettable PlayStation Unchained episode 32. Um, we've got the quite stunning and quite lucky to be on because we have we we always like him on Glenn Gordon. How are you hey. doing today? Hey, <laughs> um, I, I think something's a little wrong with this this picture here. But, um, but, it, but, it, it's it's Wednesday, right? Or no, it's Sunday. We're, we're, what day is today? We're, it's Saturday. Okay, yeah. we're we just did on we're doing RDGH, right? But but the script. No, uh, I no. am following the script. No, I don't. I don't think you're following it correctly. There's, there's a script. I didn't get a script. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the script is imaginary. Yes. It's and in crayon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'll step down for now. All right. Welcome, podcast listeners, to episode 10 of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. As Mr. Ben here said, I am the Commissioner Glenn Gordon, and with me is the most racially diverse gaming cast on the internet today. It begins, of course, with Mr. Ben Shillabier Hall. How are you doing, Ben? Um, tired. Tired? Yes, tired. Why are you so tired? Um... Live streaming infamous for a couple of days, talking, unchained, talking and hosting, and now this. Yeah. My body was another... my, my ready was not ready. <laughs> well, welcome. We're glad you're here. Um, in addition to Ben, we have, of course, KGB Gary. How are you, Gary? I'm pretty good. How are you, Mister Commissioner? I'm 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 good, comrade. <laughs> how is Gotham City faring today? <laughs> Well, you know, we, we've been having some trouble, but we've got to find Batman for that kind of trouble. Um, so how have, what have you been up to? I have been playing a lot of games, actually, mm. trying to get through them. I'm on my 40 weekend from work, which is awesome, because mm-hmm. I apparently don't work with very, very intelligent people anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a common complaint. That's a common complaint. Uh, yeah. It blows my mind how they're in such high positions of power. I don't yeah. understand it, but <laughs> I'd ask like, you what you've been playing, but everyone's been playing Infamous since that just came out. Um, well, I, I think I've played it the least of everybody so far who has it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Ernest, the prodigal son, is still prodigal. We don't know where he is, um, but that's okay because with us we have someone with one of the most, uh, one of the best accents on the planet. Uh, Fraser, the shapeshifter Miller. How are you, Fraser? I'm awesome, thank you, and thank you for the introduction. You're welcome, Fraser. Where are you from? Scotland. You're from Scotland. All right, cool. I love Scottish accents. There, you can you can have like the most polite Scottish accent, and you can just be a total douchebag with it as well if you wanted to. Wow, that was rude. <laughs> no, I'm, what he's I'm, saying is, you sound nice, but you're actually being a douche. No, I'm saying it's a cool accent because you can you can be really awesome with it. And anyway, I'm I'm just can gonna be. okay. Let me start it again. Um, Fraser, I like your accent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Before I eat any more of my size sixteen. Foot. This reminds me of all those rude things you said about my character in Guild Wars Two last night. What are you talking? I didn't say anything rude. You hinted that my character was ugly and I needed to pick another one. I did not. Gary only has one character and I have like nine. And I was just telling him, you know, 
your characters, once your character is a year old in Guild Wars, you get this thing called an experience scroll, which you can use to level it all, all the way to 20, if it's below 20 after a year. And so his characters has that. And I was just saying, hey, you should try other characters as well. And he took it the wrong way. I didn't take it. At first, you said my character looks ugly. And you just right now said that my character sucks and it needs to be leveled up. Thanks a lot. Hey, anyway. At least it's not World of Warcraft, where it levels you up automatically to level 90. Oh yeah, you can pay for that now. Yeah. Um, well, isn't there a pre-order bonus for the new expansion pack as well? I have no idea. I think I it think... is. If you pre-order the new expansion pack, you get a level 90 scroll item for free. That's lame, though. You don't even get to play the game. You get to play the game. Isn't that the whole point of MMOs, Glenn? The end game? <laughs> The end yeah, starting game. That's the thing about Guild Wars. Like, it doesn't feature an, that kind of end game. Really, there's just, like, these living stories, and they're amazing. Like, for instance, um, the game just got off of one called The Battle for Lion's Arch. And over time, there's been this person called Scarlet who's been there causing all sorts of trouble and, and basically waging war. And they have this hub for all the races called Lion's Arch, and everything's there. You craft there. You can you can do all you do all sorts of stuff in Lion's Arch, and Scarlet actually came and just destroyed the heck out of the place. Literally, it was on fire for like a month, and I think it's still on fire. And there was this giant drill drilling down here, and I'm not going to say too much about it because that's kind of the premise for the next uh, season of the event. And um, so it was broken into two events: one where you go in and you're rescuing citizens, and the other where you're just kicking the crap out of Scarlet. And what's cool about it is now that Scarlet's been defeated, there's there are pieces of the drill. Spoilers. <laughs> no, there. Well, you can't go back and play it. The, the event's over. Um, there are pieces of the drill all over Lion's Arch, and those are going to stay there. And so there's new viewpoints and stuff. And we actually got to be part of the lore of Lion's Arch, like history. The history of Guild Wars Two was made, and this is a permanent change now to Lion's Arch, and they have to rebuild it because everything's broken. So I, I love it. Like, there's, there's, you get to be part of the history of the game and make help make permanent changes in the game. So, yeah, anyway. Sort of like what they did with 14. At the end of 14, because they know it was going to fail, they had to shut the servers down before they rebooted it. They had an event where you could sort of participate and help change how, the end, how it ended by yeah. trying to save the world. Yeah. And all those who did the event at the end of 14 before the servers went down, mm-hmm. when A Realm Reborn came out, their names are actually in the credits. They use the names in the credits for helping out yeah, for each army in the game. Yeah. Okay. I think it would be cooler if they built a memorial with all the names on there. <laughs> That'd be cool, but there was quite a lot of names, so. Guild Wars 2, though. <laughs> Go ahead, Gary. No, I was just going to say there's like six different cities in Final Fantasy XIV. True. Spread them out. Spread them out. Yeah. Guild Wars 2, though, it's like, it, it, does, it does a lot of things really, really well. Like, when you play it, it's like, why don't other MMOs work this way? So give it a try. It's a great MMO. Um, anyway, we've got a, I, I hope we've got a great show for you today. Um, we have, a, we have a, lot to, a lot to discuss and a lot to talk about. Like games, because we are a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
So that would that would that would make a little bit of sense, I, I think. Isn't that a first for us though over the last few weeks? A first for us to actually talk about some games. Yeah, yeah. talked no, about talk people people's. involved with games, but we haven't That's... really talked about games that much. No. We've talked about games. We talked about Watchdogs a lot, and we've True. talked about like what's going to happen with. Um... Um... <laughs> Never guess, eh? <laughs> no, I, I know we've talked about more. I just can't recall. Watchdogs just uh, comes to mind really quickly because we've made a few guesses that turned out really quickly to be correct guesses. That's so... because we're wizards. Yeah, exactly. I would say pr- predictions. Predictions. Yeah, predictions. There you go. That have turned out to be right. I thought Guild so, Wars was a game, at least. Huh? Yeah, Guild Wars. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're talking about games. Well, Guild Wars. We're, we're off to a good start, then. <laughs> <laughs> so we are, for those of we're you, unstructured. <laughs> so for those of you who missed episode 9, we're referring to um, our special guests, Cameron Perry and Jacob Collins, who were on to talk about the deal with the Parappa the Rapper scandal. It was a good episode. Go check it out. Um, and we've had rants about fanboys and stuff. So I guess one of the biggest things... Sorry, what were you saying? I said, which grew into a bigger issue. Yeah, which grew into a bigger issue. this week. We'll talk, we'll talk about that. One could say we have 147 comments on that. Yeah. 178. 178. 178 now. Fanboy nonsense. But anyway, um, a lot of, a lot's happened this week. We've had two really good games come out. We've scored both of them really high. The first was Final Fantasy, uh, which we just got done ta- talking about on Unchained, actually. And um, it looks good. Uh, ben, you said you have it, right? Have you gotten to play it? Uh, not really, because I've been busy with Infamous. But I right. shall be playing it. Right, you said that. You said that. Okay. So um, the other one, of course, was Infamous Second Son. And what a brilliant game. I had the privilege of reviewing the game. And it it's just a phenomenal game, and I thought so. And so um, I gave it a 10, because I felt it deserved a 10. And doing that was actually kind of hard, because, you know, it's like, there's this, there's this feeling of, okay, I, haven't, I just know that IGN or someone is going to score it lower, and I'm just going to look like an idiot. <laughs> so I actually kind of had to talk to everyone, and they were like, no, stick to your guns. So I gave it a 10. I felt that's what it deserved. And... I didn't know that people would get mad at me for giving it a 10 because a lot of times the complaint is, oh, that deserved higher. And it was, believe me, it was an excellent game. And so I gave it a 10 and people are like, oh, you're a PlayStation site. Of course you gave a PlayStation exclusive a 10. You're biased. And I guess that happened because a lot of other sites gave it like an 8 or a, a 9 or something like that. And we, uh, we just had- was a 9.5 because you know that point five was such a difference between such you. Such a difference. There's there's really there's really little difference in what Destructoid gave it. They gave it a 9.5 and we just gave it a, a half point higher. But I I think the mentality behind it is like, oh well they they took that step. They went there, so they must be fanboys. <laughs> so which is ridiculous. Let me address that first. Um PlayStation Universe is a PlayStation news website. And so we talk about news that's relative to PlayStation. We are not a cult. We don't worship PlayStation, okay? We don't 
just post positive things about PlayStation. Yes, we're fans. We like PlayStation, but which is why we like to post news about it. But we post positive and negative things. And when you think about it, every game we review is available on a PlayStation. Okay, so every game we review is a PlayStation game. So there is no reason for us to play a game and go, hmm, well, it's a PlayStation game. I'm going to bump it up just a few points just because I like PlayStation. So, um, yeah, the by the way, about that old, that cult thing, so I, I shouldn't be putting the altar up of, of Delzin. No, well, he's you not worshiping he me or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I'm secretly recording your voice just to have it played on the altar. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> Come back. Come back. We need you. I'm still here. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the, the the thing about bias is utterly ridiculous for, to begin with, um, which only leaves the question: Did the game deserve what I gave it? So Ben, you finished it recently. What do, What did you think? Yes. Oh, yes. 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 It, des- it deserved a ten. I'd give it. A ten, a high, if I could, I'd give it higher than ten. But yes, it, it deserves a ten. Ten point nine. Yeah, ten point nine. I call it. <laughs> if, um, if you don't get that joke, go listen to Unchained yeah. right now. Um. <laughs> Basically, I had no major glitches that affected my game. Um, I had some glitches, yes, but it's a video game, and I expect them. And I laughed at the dancing man circle glitch, which if you listen to Unchained, you'll understand. Um, <laughs> You, had, you didn't call it that last time, so that was just funny. Yeah, the da- I did call it the Dancing Man glitch, because I said he was dancing. Yeah, but it wasn't Dancing Man Circle, that sounds... Like <laughs> 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 well, it was Dancing the Circle, so... Yes. It was one of the greatest glitches I've ever seen in my life. And it happened twice. In fact, I was streaming at the time and said... Actually, oh, first, I bet everyone who was watching the stream was confused as hell, because it was like the day after... And I went, oh my god, it's the return of the Dancing Man glitch. <laughs> I, I'm surprised nobody in the comments went, what? <laughs> the Dancing Man glitch. Right. Um, so yeah, that was... Yeah, it definitely deserved 10. And anyone who believes otherwise... That's your opinion. Okay, fine. I'm also seeing a lot of reviews. I, don't worry, I'm not going to talk this whole time. I just, really, <clears throat> I just really wanted to address this. Um... I saw a lot of reviews that said, uh, or not even reviews, just articles that said, oh, well, Infamous is getting low scores because there were several websites like Metro Game Central and Digital Spy and Guardian that gave it a 60 for some reason. Um, (laughs) But the the fact of the matter is the vast majority... I, I went ahead and I counted all of the reviews that were 80 and above. That, there were 46 of them at the time. And it's been a few hours, so there are a few more now. Of those 46, 12 were 90 or above. And of those 12, two, ourselves and Canadian online gamers, gave it 100, a 10. So um, I really don't see why there's such a big deal with the fact that we gave it a 10. Um, and I would like to kind of address kind of those points that they t- that they docked, uh, especially IGN, because I'm, I'm a little confused about something from IGN's. IGN scored the game an 8.7, which is fine. By the way, disclaimer, I, I respect all the opinions of the game. Uh, reviews are really an expression of 
opinion of, of your experience with the game. So if that's how they felt, total respect to that. Um, but there's something I don't get. They said that um, Infamous is really a, a good series, and so it needs to be held to a higher standard, which is part of why points were down, uh, the, which is part of why they docked points, I guess. It needs to be held to a higher standard. And to me, I, I don't get that. Does that make sense to you guys? Not at all. Not really. So basically the game is so good that we need to adjust the scale so that we don't have to score it that high. Like, that that's how that sounds to me, um, which I don't understand. Maybe I'm misinterpreting what they said. Um, I definitely agree that it's good. Um, there, there's another sentiment. I don't know if IGN was one of the sites that said this, but a lot of sites have been saying this, that they, they dock points because the game, for some reason, does not adequately move on from previous games and in infamous and I, I read that and I scratched my head because it's an infamous game, okay? It's the third installment of a game in a series. And just let's just tick off what's new here. Let's see. For one, the, thing, the game's seven years later, okay? The characters from the last game are all gone. And so there's brand new characters. There's new powers. There's a new city. There's, there, everything's new. But the thing is, it still feels like infamous because it is infamous, it's supposed to be infamous. Like, what more do you... The only way that it could be any newer is if they didn't call it infamous and instead they made it about, like, bunnies who get powers or something. They won. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole idea of it not moving on, yeah, it moved on plenty, but it's not supposed to move on completely it's still an infamous game. And I thought that was one of the things that was good about it, that even with all this new stuff, they still made it feel like home. They still made it feel like infamous. And that's a good thing because people like infamous. So I, I don't understand. I don't understand this notion of taking points away because there's nothing spectacularly new. Like what do you expect the, the DualShock 4 controller to get up and feed your babies while you're playing it? Like, do you expect it to download the information from your mind? Will that be next-gen enough for you? I see this term all the time. Uh -huh. This is not next-gen enough. I but hate I hate that term, Glenn. I hate the term no next-gen gameplay. No one knows what next-gen enough means. There's next no gen such thing PS5. as next-gen enough. No, like, current-gen. <laughs> like, what, what do you expect? What do you want from these developers? Right? And in some ways... Oh, sorry for jumping in here, Glenn. Go ahead. It has current... I'm not going to call it next-gen because next-gen, as Fraser agrees with me, next-gen would be PS5. This is current-gen because it's in front of us. Exactly. Um, anyway, their next-gen features, because I'm talking about features that weren't on PS3, mm -hmm. there are some, um, some bits on the Infamous that you cannot do on the PS3. Um, well, you could, just you'd have to change the controls. Like the, you know, the, um, uh, those power generator things where you got to hold the analog stick up and tap the R2 button. Or if you say you're free in prisoners where you swipe the, swipe the touchpad to open the gates. Yeah. That is next gen gameplay in a way because that's something you could not do with a DualShock 3. I, I'm just really tired of this unrealistic expectation that gamers have. That there's a new console, so everything must be 100% different or it's not good enough. 
because it's still a, it's still an infamous game. What do you want them to do? Not be an infamous game? That's that's called a new IP, you know. That's where the problem comes in, you know. Like you just said, you know, if they change something, then all of a sudden people are going to complain. complain. You change too much. It's yeah. not infamous anymore. It's something else. But they changed almost everything, except the fact that it's. I, I think. I think what they're trying is like the core mechanics of it remain the same as yeah. the last two games, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, look at Batman and the Arkham games. You know, the combat system is what it's really known for, and it hasn't really changed for three games now. Going into four, like, they added things, sure, but the core mechanic of it remains the same. And it's like people saying, "Oh, well, it needs to change. It needs more." Well, what more do you want? You know, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. But the moment you change it is the moment you get the opposite side complaining that you changed it too much. Yeah, it's a catch twenty two. There's there's no way to to win here. Um, and I guess to tell the truth, again, I I respect everyone's opinions on the game. I mean, reviewers. You've, you've got to review things based on what you experience. That's one thing. Everyone was like, oh, well, IGN gave it this, and, and GameSpot gave it this. So why did you give it a 10? I gave it a 10 because that was my experience. I can't review a game and then base my review on what I think everybody else is going to review it. That doesn't make any sense. Then why would I review the game? Why don't we just give it to one person? That's the reason why everybody gets a review copy, so that we can talk about our individual experiences from with the game. And we'll, we'll announce this here. We don't all secretly meet up in some sort of secret high-quality high of reviewers just to discuss one review. You know, we don't all meet up in, like, middle of Europe and America so we can... middle of the sea so we can discuss our review. Then where have I been going? Uh, you, I, I just, yeah. <laughs> and I think we should also say that we don't work for Sony. That you know, we're not—they're not throwing money at us. <laughs> okay, we're an independent side. Sony has nothing to do with us. Yeah, quite frankly, just so, just so people know this. I mean, I, I remember seeing some comments. Oh, how much money did Sony throw at this PlayStation website? You know, <laughs> none. They—they they have zero dollars invested in our website. Yeah, I don't even get paid to work for PlayStation Universe, okay? I do this because I like to do it. I don't work for Sony. And quite frankly, if we worked for Sony, don't you think our website would be more promoted by Sony somehow? Like, they'd say, oh, check PlayStation Universe out. Like, that whole notion, it goes back to my fanboy rant. You can't say you like something in this world, okay? You cannot say oh, I really liked this game, because the moment you do, people are like, you must be biased toward one side or the other. You just like it because it's a PlayStation game, and it's not an Xbox game. Who cares? Okay, that drives me nuts. Who cares? It's a game. We're gamers. We talk about games, not this console versus console bull. Anyway, I'm going back into ranting. So, um, yeah, that was... That's... (laughs) <laughs> that's the reason I gave it a 10. I thought it deserved a 10. And I still do because, goodness, this is a phenomenal game, right? The voice acting is incredible. The graphics are amazing. And the gameplay is a whole lot of fun. So um, for one second, I'd like to encourage you guys, don't get hung up on 
the number. Look, no one bothered Destructoid for giving it a 9.5. In fact, no one bothered Canadian Online Gamer for giving it a 10. We just got the flat because we were out one of we were one of the earliest websites to post our review, and um, our PlayStation is in our name. Okay, so don't get so hung up on which specific half point number the game has or deserves. The point of all of this is this is a freaking great game. And it's worth adding to your PlayStation 4 library. And if you buy it, you're going to enjoy it. And that is all for now, anyway, <laughs> unless any questions come up. Um, that's all I have to say about that. Can uh, I just say one thing about it? Sure. The thing, I always look to like reviews and everything, but I read like I, too many people could just jump to the number. To trust in the reviewer to like learn from them because there's few reviewers I trust, but you you just read the text and you can make your own decision from that rather than just going oh number. Yeah, yeah. If you just sit there, I feel like a lot of people did that. A lot of people just said oh they gave it a ten they must be biased without actually reading why we gave it a ten. Because if you sit there for ten minutes of your time whatever. Read through it and just be like, right, that's why. I mean, there's re- your text must portray why you're giving it such a score, which I felt it did. It, it was a superb read. But it's too many people just jump away and just be like, oh, just look at the numbers. Metacritic's bad for it. Metacritic is, in my opinion, one of the worst things. <laughs> well, well, it's not a worst. It, it's a good thing for people to, to, you know, check the average of a game, but... For developers, I think it's like their worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Personally. I because mean, it, there's so many great games out there that are average on Metacritic. that, And people judge those games on that Metacritic score. You know, I know, you know in, our, in, in the comments that, for the Infamous review, there's a lot of people. Oh, it's an average of 80. That's, that's not a 10 compared to PlayStation Universe. Like, it's an average from every <laughs> critic... That they take, you know, it's, it's ridiculous to me. I I had people saying, oh, why did you give it this game? Why did you give it this score? It's not perfect. You know, this game is far from perfect. I think that's a quote from someone. Someone actually said this game is far from perfect. And I think my reply was, have you played it? (laughs) Because I played the game. And let me be clear. No game is perfect. All right. No game is perfect. But I just chose to... I just chose to review it not based on nitpicks, like looking for tiny little details, like this pixel should be three pixels to the right. Um, to, so I'm docking half a point, you know. I'm, I reviewed it based on my experience with the game. Was there anything wrong with it? Was there anything that bothered me? And the answer is yes. There were some things that I was concerned about. Um, scaling felt a little weird, compared to in the last couple of games. And I tried hard not to compare it too much to the last couple of games, because obviously, new story, new everything, this is its own game. Um, but yeah, I, I, scaling felt a little weird, and you know, I thought that running around Seattle might get old after... But the thing is, every time I had a concern, that concern was addressed. And I sat there for like half an hour after playing the thing, like, okay, what is still wrong with this game? And... Like, what's there that's worth taking a point off? And there was nothing, because all of my concerns were addressed. 
So I gave it a 10. And if I'm not mistaken, there are two other sites that gave it a 10 as well. Yeah. Uh, see, I, I haven't played too much of the game so far. I played very few. I'm about an hour, two hours in. And I've run into issues that I, I know you didn't run into. We talked about this earlier. Yeah, um, he, he ran into a couple um, things where um, Cole got stuck on a wall or something like that. Yeah, not Cole. Not Cole. Not Cole, Delson. <laughs> yeah, I got stuck in, in the walls twice, Well, which kind of frustrated me. And one, one big issue for me with the game right now is I'm not able to change the screen, the screen size <laughs> in the game in the options menu. And on my screen, there's some parts that are cut off, which kind of irritate me, and I can't adjust my screen size in the game. Wait a but, second. That's that's weird. Why why are parts cut off? Because I know, I mean, when you start up your PlayStation 4, I know your PlayStation 4 handles screen size so that yeah, the game doesn't like, have to. Yeah, it works fine. But for some reason, just like the edge of the top corners is a little cut off, hmm. which is a little frustrating but it's not something that i can't i don't know what it is you know it's not like a big thing but i don't know like like i said you know outside of that issue and the the kind of small auto jump thing that that i had going on other than that i think the game is phenomenal yeah of course i have to play through it more to to judge it completely than if i agree with your score or not but (laughs) Like I said, you know, it, it's your score, it's your opinion, and everybody's entitled. If you think this game deserves a 10, it deserves a 10 in your eyes. Quite People frankly, if for I, your opinion. I think that's ridiculous. If I had run into that wall glitch, I would have taken off a few points. Or not a few points, but like half a point or something, because that was something I looked for. Like, are there any glitches, any, anything that I need to, you know, that's going to bother me and affect my game? And looking, I, I, I think the reason it happened was because I was trying to do too much at once. Like, I was hitting the guy with the chain, right? And then I, I used my smoke powers to dash forward. And then when I stopped, I shot another guy. I jumped, I dashed again, and I jet- dashed into a freaking wall. And I guess I got stuck in a corner somewhere. Yeah. It might just be one of those things where like, just that one part of the geometry is a little off in the game. So that's probably why I got stuck. But... Yeah, could be. Could be. But I didn't, I didn't notice too much. I thought that the... Um... I thought that the the geometry in the game was spot on. Again, I didn't run into your your issue, so obviously it wasn't. Um, if, if that can happen, so um, yeah, there's and there's a lot of geometry in the game. Like and Sucker Punch actually sent me this fact sheet here with the game, with my copy of the game, and I think it really speaks to the power of the console. Like, check this out during cutscenes. Each of the 20,000 vertexes on Delson's face is animated independently 30 times a second. That's ridiculous. That's a lot of processing power. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot in this. There's a lot to this game. Like Delson's head is built out of 67,500 triangles. And like there are 1,024 sound variations of the smoke bolt, so it doesn't sound exactly the same. It rarely sounds the same twice. You know, yeah, so, I, I actually ran into some awesome sound design. Again. Like, you know, you'll be shooting your smoke powers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then just for the hell of it, I decided to shoot an alarm bell that's on the wall. And it made a sound like it would if you shot, if you hit an alarm bell or something. I thought, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. 
it's like the these tiny little details, you know, that they didn't need to add because it doesn't do anything for the game. It's just there because they wanted to do it, and it sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Attention to detail. I was blown away by that. But the thing, one of the things that I loved most about this game, besides the voice acting, because I think the voice acting was my favorite thing about the game, um, was the the character models, the facial expressions. The facial expressions in this game are amazing. They, um, they used motion capture. They stuck... Uh, let me see this paper here. They they stuck 168 markers on Troy Baker's face. <laughs> and they captured his motion for the game, I guess, like they did with The Last of Us. And it really pays off because the characters are so expressionate. Like this grimace that Delson has on his face when he fails the um, the scan test to see if he's a conduit. <laughs> It, it's it's ridiculous. The, the the characters are amazing. So I I find it funny that if you redo those scan tests later on, I had one line where he, he did the scan test. He said, "Yep, I'm still a conduit." <laughs> yeah. The, the character- now, now just imagine if if Sucker Punch was able to achieve that with the facial animation and all that. Imagine what Naughty Dog is going to be able to do. Naughty Dog oh with their technology that they did with Uncharted and The Last of Us. It's going to be incredible. Mhm. Mhm. I can't wait for Uncharted Four. I'm hoping that that's at E3. That it's not going to be Uncharted Four, dude. Nah. What's that? I don't think it's going to be Uncharted Four. At E3? No, I think like the next Uncharted. I don't think it's going to be called Uncharted Four. Oh really? Why not? Uh, I personally believe it's going to be a prequel. I think it's going to be a prequel to the point where you're playing as Sir Francis Drake. Actually, Uncharted um, Retribution. <laughs> I kind of hope that's not. fine. Like, I'm not saying they're not gonna they're gonna get a completely different cast. I think Nolan North will still play, you know, Sir Francis Drake. You know, Sully will still probably play a character that sounds like him. I just think it's going to be a prequel this time. I hope not, because Uncharted wouldn't be the same without Nathan Drake. He's he's one of the big he was one of the big draws to the game. Like he's one of the. Like, just his personality is one of the things that makes the game great. It would be yeah. hard. It would be hard to imagine it without him. Yeah, to to me, it's just a lot of hints that have been around the internet about what it can be. I, mean, I remember there's the the documentary video, the the making of The Last of Us, and in the background, you can see that they're working on something that wasn't The Last of Us, and people <laughs> thought that it was Uncharted, and it was kind of these uh, pirate-like clothings and stuff like that from that time period that that they were working on. Yeah. That's one thing. Uh, obviously, the, the voice actors and uh, Emily Rose, the the lady that plays uh, Elena Fisher, um, she's pregnant. She was pregnant at the time that I would assume they were doing the mocap. So I don't, unless she's not in the game, I don't think that put her through a lot of physical stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. Just too many signs in my opinion. And the trailer itself, just kind of gave the hints that it might be something in the past, to me at least. Shoot. If this is a prequel, I'll probably be a little sad. I'll probably be a little disappointed. I really will. Imagine what Naughty Dog can do with naval combat and all that. Naval combat? Well, (laughs) I I don't know. We've had that in Assassin's Creed 4, so it feels a little like been there, done that. But It's Naughty Dog that does it better. Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog does a lot of things better than a lot of people. <laughs> Naughty Dog's amazing. Isn't it weird though? Like Naughty Dog, their team is so much smaller than the team that works on Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Except and, and they, they have two teams. 
2,000 people working on Assassin's Creed. Of course, they're releasing one every freaking year. <laughs> they have to have that many people. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. I don't even know how the communication works there. Yeah. <laughs> right, so the I guess is some of the team is working on single player and some of the team is working on multiplayer. Well, they should just get rid of the multiplayer in general. Sorry, Fraser, you were trying to talk. What's up? The next Uncharted is clearly just going to be a crossover or Tomb Raider. <laughs> crossover Tomb Raider. Lara Croft shows up. <laughs> I would love to see Tomb Raider 2 go back to the, what the original reboot wanted to be, a horror game. Yeah. That'd be insane. Yeah. Tomb Raider. I, I don't, I'm not that into horror stuff, really. I'm really not. I don't. I don't watch any horror movies or, or anything like that. So, horror and survival horror. They. I don't know. Kind of, I don't know. The idea of seeing Lara Croft in survival horror sounds awesome. Yeah. Or Nathan Drake gets lost in The Last of Us. <laughs> the Last of Drake. <laughs> they should have had a costume of Nathan Drake in The Last of Us. <laughs> that would have been cool. Uh, By the way, watch out for little. Easter eggs in um, Infamous because like there's there are little things that pay homage to Cole McGrath and I found the was it McGrath and Sly Industry or something was it or yeah I found some Sly stuff too I was walking around and I found like an actual Sly Cooper's actual logo painted on a wall I took a picture there's, of it. Uh, there's actually a painting of Sly Cooper and loads of raccoons <laughs> Did you guys see the Easter egg of Knack in Second Son? There's an Easter egg of Knack, really? What? Yeah, uh, there's a little stuffed animal of the Knack character that you just, <laughs> <laughs> you're just sitting there on the shelf somewhere. He sure did look knackered. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they had to get licensing for that because that's not even their game. That's a Sony game. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. Sony game, so. They don't need licensing for that. Sony's like, here, use a Hellgas. DUP is the secretly Hellgast. Uh, <laughs> ah, spoilers! Spoilers! The universes combined. <laughs> Infamous 4. No, Infamous is just like this little playpen for them. Yeah. It's just they created this world and it's just this big dome. And they just That's put awesome. people in and pretend they have power there. That's it. Infamous is done. <laughs> oh no, no, actually, no, no. It could be an experiment done by the Hellgast to create super soldier Hellgasts. They're trying to make a genetically modified super soldier. <laughs> the oh. DUP, the DUP are interesting because um, there were some sites that docked points because they weren't varied enough, and, and sure, I could see that, but um, it didn't bother me. Uh, there was, there's a lot of variation in them. Because you have these, um, you have the normal ones that just shoot at you and then die when you shoot them, and then you have ones that have like concrete spinning all around them, and they're harder to kill and they throw bombs at you. And then you have like the super heavy ones that you can't melee at all, and some of them shoot at you with these rapid fire weapons. And I don't know. I know I, I tried to melee them a few times. You tried to what melee? I yeah. tried to melee them. Yeah. Yeah, I have too, and they just punched me in the face, and I was like, oh, I guess that doesn't work. So, 
Yeah, I should have paid attention when I got punched in the face instead of charging back in. Yeah. First so question, Glenn, since you finished it. Yeah. At the end of the game, can I... Will I have enough, I guess... Uh, what are they called? The shards? The Blast the shards? Well, I have enough to buy all the abilities that I want from the one play. I know you can't get all of them because some of them are good and evil, karma ones. But if I'm, like, say, going through all the good, will I be able to buy all the good powers and all the upgrades for those for all the powers when I finish the game? Um, or do I have to pick and choose what I want? Now, when I say I finish the game, I mean I finish the campaign. I haven't actually completed all the map stuff yet. Um, that said, I, that said, I've maximized all my powers. Um, yeah. That all the powers that are available to me as a hero, and there are still plenty of blast shards left on the map. Okay. So, um, I'd I'd imagine that yes, you can. You, you, there's probably enough for you to maximize your your evil side too. If you decide, oh, I'm tired of being a hero. I want to do. I just want to be a douchebag now and kill everybody. Yeah, there, there's probably still enough blast shards to maximize that side too, if you want to. I don't think you can actually level it up enough to, for you to do it anyway. There aren't enough for you to do both completely. No, because you can only no, you can't switch to evil once you finish the game, really, because you you, you leveled up to five hero. Sure, but there's never been like you look at the past games. There's never been any limit, like especially since once you're done, you basically earn sandbox mode where you can go and do whatever the heck you want and just clear maps and get trophies. So you, I, I guess at that point, you can start doing evil things. There aren't like big karma moments anymore, but you can start lowering your good karma and turn into bad karma, right? Oh, yeah, but it would take you forever. Yeah, it would take a while. It would take a while. I mean, you might as well just replay the game. I think, I think evil karma is easier to get because when you're good, you're trying not to kill citizens. Right, but when you're bad, there are hundreds of little karma bonuses walking all around you. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe. And you don't have to keep looking at the buttons so you don't press the wrong button instead of subduing. Yeah, you can just you can just button mash and just destroy everything. But I don't know, evil. The evil side feels harder to play for me because I don't know. I, I just want to. I like the good side. I like the light side. There are cookies there. <laughs> the dark side you'll has get... curry. <laughs> the dark side has curry. You'll get a much more interesting experience with fetch, from what I hear. Oh really? Yeah. Oh sure, just ruin the story mode now. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I haven't played evil, so I was good. I really wish they had sent me the game a little earlier because I've been hearing that there are different actions in the game that affect the outcome and that really change the story and. Um, when when you only have a week to play it, you don't get to play it again, and you don't get to um, you don't get to see that for yourself. So I'm I'm going to play it again pretty shortly here and, and try some different stuff out and see what happens. Yeah. Fraser, you've been quiet. Do you have this game? Yes, you do. What do you think? I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I as soon as I got it on the first day, it's pretty much all I've been doing is sitting playing it. Yeah. And, it, the, from the moment the first, the game just comes up on your screen, I was just like, "This looks pretty stunning." I mean, the the beginning just I noticed a lot of people keep taking like share screens of like um, sunsets and that. Just mm-hmm. the lighting is insane. The lighting is beautiful. 
And, like, they put, like, the dust on the camera lens and whatnot, like, so the light kind of reflects off of these little particles on the camera. And it, mm. it's really cool. But anyway, yeah, that's that's infamous. Guys, give it a try. Um, I'm talking to our listeners, of course, because you guys already have. Um, <laughs> give it a try. It's it's definitely worth it. It's definitely a great game. Um, the, one of the PlayStation's first, the PS4's first great games of the generation. Well, now that Infamous is out, we know Titanfall moved Xbox Ones a lot. Oh, yeah. Like 6% increase. Oh, yeah. Is Infamous going to do the same for Sony now, now that Infamous is out? I mean, I know they had, they said they had a million pre-orders for the game. For which game? Titanfall or Infamous? Infamous. Infamous. Yeah. Which is a lot. If That's they sold lot. 6 million units... And one million of them are going to be playing Infamous. Mm-hmm. Do you um, think it's move units or? Okay, maybe I should say this: Are there still PlayStation Fours out there to move units? Is there enough supply to move units for this game? I was going to say, uh, Gary, it's not about if it's going to sell enough; it's if there's enough to buy. Yeah, that, that's why. I... <laughs> of oh, the there's... game or of the system. <laughs> There's a bundle coming with Infamous, right? Yeah, there but that was. sold out. There was? Did they cancel it, it? In the UK, there's only like one website I know about that actually has any Infamous bundles left. Oh, man. They all sold out. Like Amazon is sold out of its Infamous bundle. I think Game did as well. Yeah, see, th- this is the crazy thing. Like, Is Sony not being able to keep stores stock really hurting them right now? Yes. Um, I think it's hurting them a lot. Think of it this way. Well, it's a good problem to have. It's a, it's a very good problem to have. But Here's Microsoft. If people are wanting a PS4 and they can't get one, eventually you're going to get sick and tired of waiting for one and you're just going to buy an Xbox One instead. I don't are they that. in specific countries? I don't buy that. <laughs> I don't buy that because if you really want something, say I really want my favorite car and my favorite car. Let's just say what I drive now is my favorite car. I drive a Mazda 6. So say I really want a Mazda 6, okay? I And my other option is, I don't know, a Dodge Dart, okay? And I, I don't, <laughs> I, I'm not going to look at my Mazda 6 and say, ah, the dealership doesn't have any right now. Hmm, I'm going to go get a Dodge Dart instead, right? <laughs> I'm, especially for those who are like me or strapped for cash and want the cheaper option, which with the superior hardware in it, you know, I am not going to just say, oh, I'm just going to go get the other thing then and spend $100 more. I'm probably going to wait and see if I can find one of what I actually want. So it might it might affect people who are on the fence, but for people who want a PlayStation 4, they're probably going to go get a PlayStation 4 unless they just have a bunch of cash and, and are able to get both of them, then they just but might get the Xbox if, first. If they have to wait six, seven months, maybe eight months, Sony said they're probably not going to be able to keep stores stocked up in, into the summer now. Now, that's a long time. Now, be careful. Do we want a next gen system? Be careful. Be careful because there are still systems selling. They are sending stock to stores, so people are getting devices. They're just not getting as much as. They wish, and and the thing is, I don't think this was expected by Sony because they originally said that stock would settle in April, 
and now they're finding, oh my goodness, it's it's not settling like we thought. So I and think they, this they is. They said in November they're going to have units available for everyone. Yeah, so I I don't think this level of demand was expected by them. So the thing is selling. I think in hindsight, if um, if they knew that it was going to sell like this, they might have even staggered their launch a little more just to make sure that there was stock everywhere. But I don't think they expected this. The stagger, and then there's what Microsoft has done with the Xbox One launch. I don't even know what that is. You know, Europe is getting it in September. Yeah, Europe's getting it in September. Yeah, they yeah. released in very few, 13 countries, wasn't it? Yeah. 13 countries. And the rest of the countries are getting in September, including Japan. There was one article I found that asked a very interesting question that I want to pose to you guys. Um, I lost the article. I apparently closed the tab because I'm smart. Um, <laughs> but basically it said, well, the Xbox One has only launched in 13 markets, and the PlayStation 4 has launched in a bunch more. So, um, Isn't that... it like 36? I get more, something like that. They exaggerate it into like 40-something, but I don't know. Um, so what the article asks is, does that mean that when the Xbox finally does launch in these markets, it can pass the PlayStation 4? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually think that it could. Right. Like, excluding Japan, I don't think it's going to be that great in Japan. It, but when it launches in the rest of Europe and no. Australia, New Zealand, all these other regions, no. South America, I think it might. No. Okay. <laughs> no, you, you don't understand how... No. Hold on, Fraser. what do you think? I don't think it will because I think due to the supply shortage is what's holding the PS4 back. And as soon as that supply starts to like level out, they're just going to be even. Because aren't they about a million, a mi- one and a half million between each other now? No one knows because Xbox hasn't released any numbers. Mm. They, 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 they'll release that they've been um, selling more for like a month, but they haven't released a total number in a long time. Well, in Europe, they've been out selling PS4 for four weeks. Yes, they have. And a lot of that's attributed to stock shortage. And yeah. Titanfall, of course. Uh, yeah, you don't understand how Sony-focused a lot of Europe is. The reason why the, those European countries haven't got the Xbox One is because they will sell at the same rate as the sales in Japan. They will not buy Microsoft products. That is why Microsoft delayed the launches. Because so, they are Sony focused. So why is it outselling the PS4 then? As I said, the European countries that Microsoft decided not to sell it to are the ones that were always Sony focused to begin with. So rather than trying to compete in an area that they're going to have trouble with anyway, they might as well just focus on the ones that they know they're going to sell. Okay, so no. which countries are those? Because they say Europe, I'm thinking all of Europe. Uh, it's, you've got like Poland. Don't know actually. System's not out in Poland. No, as I said, that's why they've delayed the Polish, you know, all that launch. Um, Germany, France, a quite Xbox-based yeah, country. So, so UK. Right now, where is the Xbox One out in Europe? Uh, Europe, it, Europe. Uh, which UK? I think it's Italy. Italy, France. Germany, and UK and France, right? Or yeah. Uh, I don't. I think that's about it, really. Okay. Um, Yes. In, in answer to your earlier question, Gary, you said why isn't why is the Xbox outselling it? Then, 
There are a few reasons. For one, Titanfall. Titanfall is yeah. probably one of the biggest game releases so far, uh, if not the biggest game release so far. And a lot of people were like, oh, well, I'll just wait for Titanfall to come out and then I'll buy my Xbox. So, yeah, that boosted sales big time for them. And in comparison, uh, like, Infamous hadn't come out yet. There, there was no game yet that would potentially move more PS4 units. And even if there was, there's the issue of stock. So um, that's, part, that's a lot of why Xbox was able to catch up this month. If they can sustain that, um, I don't know. I don't know if they can sustain that. I kind of doubt it. But um, well, it's given them some better numbers so far. By the way, the countries that launched, this is, Europe, this is all the countries for the 13 launch title. Yeah, 13 launch countries. Australia, which is, I think, still Canada is Europe for some reason, a lot of the times. <laughs> Austria, Brazil, Canada, France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Mexico, New Zealand, Spain, UK, and USA. Okay. France, Germany, and Italy are kind of Microsoft. Well, Germany isn't really. Italy and France and Ireland, I think, are Microsoft places, and so is UK normally. Okay. So. Well. They're the biggest markets in Europe, and they're already out there. Here's what I told him, um, the article, the guy who wrote the article. I left a comment, and I said, I don't think that that's going to happen, and here's why. Um, he's asking this question based on the assumption, assumption, basically, that the PlayStation 4 isn't moving any more units. Because the PlayStation 4 is selling really, really fast. So there's this gap between Xbox and PS4. And the gap is going to be either maintained or increased over time as stock settles because a lot of people still want a PS4. So by the time we get to September, PlayStation 4 will not have sold just 6 million units. It will have sold a bunch more. So we might have a wider gap there if Xbox does not manage to get more people interested and lessen that gap. In addition, there's the fact that Ben was mentioning that those countries that it that Xbox One decided to nix are markets that they just don't do that well in. So there may not be many customers there for them. It'll definitely lessen the gap for sure. But to push them over where the PS4 is, Microsoft will have to do a lot of work to lessen the gap first. And I don't think so far that hasn't done so much for them except for Titanfall. And once Titanfall sales calm down like the gap might extend just again so i don't think that them launching in extra markets is going alone anyway is going to push them over the ps4 if anything pushes them over the ps4 i don't think it will be just launching in some extra markets especially markets that they don't do very well in to begin with so that's my opinion <laughs> but um xbox one is doing actually pretty well right now again it's sold more, it sold, goodness, just um, 90%. 96% more since Titanfall's release. 96% more since Titanfall's release, but 90% of what the PS4 sold. So now the gap's only 10%. Um, we'll see what happens when, F, when Infamous comes out. So, um, I are, still think Titanfall was bombed compared to what they expected it to do. It's just... Uh, I would expect solid concrete numbers by now because Microsoft are all about beating their chests about we're the greatest at selling things. It sure. has sold all the monies. Um, but they're supposed to do that. They're a business. I mean, yeah, but with with Titanfall, they've been very 
quiet. Quiet. Yeah. But it's only been out for two weeks. There was a reason why they were very <laughs> quiet, though. Because mm-hmm. the the, well, the the campaign is is terrible. There's well, a campaign. Yes. Campaign. Oh yes, yeah, my mate was. It's, sorry, Karen Fraser. I don't know if you any user played Blink. Is it Brink? No, Brink. It was Brink, wasn't it? Brink. Yeah, I like yeah. Brink actually. Um, where you kind of had the multiplayer kind of tie in. It wasn't like a super good game, but it, the the campaign kind of worked. In Titanfall, it just feels like. You know how some games kind of tack on the multiplayer? This is what campaign, it was just like, oh, we'll just take this box. Yeah. And you have to, you've got to go through both campaigns to actually unlock the other two titans. And it just feels very tedious and it's like, this is boring. <laughs> I heard that even if you fail at the campaign, you win the campaign. Mm-hmm. How does that work? <laughs> because I don't budget. know, but... <laughs> but they said that he 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 was watching a friend play Titanfall, and he'd failed four campaigns. But because he was in the campaign, it counted as victory, and he could do the last campaign. Well, well one of the, another campaign. Let me ask you this: If Titanfall Two does come to the PS4, will you buy it? No. No? Why not? I. I should say when it goes cheaper, I will buy it. Oh. I would buy it on the premise of the actually sort of like the game doesn't look good to me. Some people have been saying that. And even, I, people, I, even people who were able to play it on PC or Xbox One, some some I people played it on PC. Yeah? yeah, it was a bit I played, but it's like looking at textures and stuff. You're just like, mm. even on Ultra, the textures look pretty bad from what I can tell, and the skybox is horrendous. The skybox is runs, but it runs at sixty frames a second. Yeah. Not on the Xbox One because it, if you're in Titans, it drops down to single digits at sometimes. Oh, I've heard well, about uh, screen that, I, That's an issue they'll fix, I'm sure. <laughs> With a patch. Yeah, they that's can, you can realize you're not going to get a game at running at sixty frames a second and have phenomenal graphics. It's just not going to happen. But what about thirty frames for a second and infamous graphics? That's thirty frames. That's a single player game. True. This yeah, is, this is, this is people, hundreds of people playing at the same time. Yeah. Six versus six. Yeah, but there's other servers. Is what I mean. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. I I will be surprised to see a sixty frames per second game that looks as phenomenal as Metal Gear Solid Five or Infamous. Oh, it's just, I don't Planet ever Side see... 2. Planet Side 2. Oh. <laughs> Planet Side 2 is not going to look as good as the PC version does. It, it's, it's running a, it says it looks like it's running an Ultra on PC, but it's capped at 30 frames, not 60. Exactly. <laughs> but that's still... I'd rather the game be capped at 30 and running a smooth 30, and then running 60 and dropping a lot. Yeah. But there's this mentality among gamers that Everything like even if you can, even if there is no discernible way to tell the difference, that you just have to have a higher number. Like it has to be at sixty, and it has to be at like the best everything, even if your eyes can't tell the difference. It's a smoother gameplay. I mean, personally, that's how like I played Battlefield Three and then I played Call of Duty, and mm-hmm. the difference is it's pretty obvious, you know. Battlefield 3 was a lot slower 
pace than, than Call of Duty was. So, I don't know. Well, that's also based on game style as well. Some games, it, it, it doesn't matter the frame rate. If your game's designed to be fast paced, it's going to be fast paced. Look at, yeah, so yeah. So would you rather have the order, the the order, the 1886, is it? Order 18, be 60 frames and look a little bit worse than it does now or 30 and look the way it is now? I would rather it be 30 frames and look as good as they think they can push it because I'm happy with 30 frames per second. Yeah. As long as it stays 30 frames, should we say. Yeah. I'd say mine would be like whatever the game is built for. Yeah, I think I think multiplayer makes a huge difference on on whether you want your game to be sixty or thirty frames. If it has a multiplayer, uh, the order will be single player only. Yes, so they can do whatever they want with that. But when it comes to multiplayer, a lot of a lot of people want the sixty frames for the smoother gameplay. Yeah, plus FPS can be quite important with frames per second because like. Take like things like Counter Strike. People with frames can make a difference. I don't know how to explain that sort of thing, but apparently it makes a difference. I agree with that, but the thing is, the difference between sixty and thirty doesn't make a difference in the gameplay. True. The, it's it's really just a visual. It's just in, um, increasing the visual illusion of the movie because, of course, a movie is made up of individual pictures, and so you stuff more pictures in and it might look like it's moving a lot smoother. Um, but the difference between 60 and 30 in many cases is negligible, especially for, for video games when your attention's on what you're doing. A lot of people, at least that I've heard of, don't notice too much of a difference. Like I'd like to, I'd like to have a test somehow and have a game in 30 frames per second and then the same game in 60 and see which, see if they can tell which one it is while they're playing the game. I could be really mean right now and say something. Say it. Wait, take a PS4 game and an Xbox One game. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I know where you could test. In a no, it's not a good test, but um, have them play Killzone Unlocked. And then put lock on 30 frames. Cause yeah, because they released the that patch, actually, didn't they? Yeah. So, because it, it runs at, supposedly, 50 to 60 in single player, but drops down to low, drops down a bit. But you can lock it to 30, so you can say, you can unlock it for a bit, and then when they go off for a second, pause it, lock it, and see if they t- notice the difference. Oh, good idea. There you go, there's your test. Patches <laughs> are awesome. I like, well, it can don't, be. Don't <laughs> you have to be careful how you use patches, but they can be pretty awesome. Patches no, can every every time I buy a new game now, I expect there to be a patch. Yeah, so, like a day one. Here's patch. my surprise. Let me tell you. Here is my surprise when I start Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes. Oh my God! There's no patch. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, it's a developer, Hideo Kojima, who actually made his game function before he released it. <laughs> Yeah. Infamous actually had uh, five hours of content added for free mm-hmm. as a day yeah. one patch. Yeah. Which so patches is, can be awesome. Patches can be awesome for content, but look, the, the whole patch thing to me is just why would you want to spend so much money patching your game when you could have fixed it before you released it? Is well, my chances are though they would have been 
if the bug popped out just before they're yeah finishing the game, then you postpone it. Yeah, but if they, it's all about the money. Yeah. It'll cost them money to postpone the game to. It's not as much as releasing hundreds of patches. A patch can cost up to fifty to a hundred thousand dollars per patch. Now, if you think about, well, it depends now because now patches are a lot cheaper now with PlayStation and Xbox One with their new policies. But um, there is still a high cost with developing these patches. So the only thing is, like, some patches are, yeah, to fix content, but it depends on how broken the game is. You have to kind of weigh whether or not it's worth it. For example, we were talking about Skyrim before and how freaking broken that game was on PlayStation 3 um, because Bethesda can't obviously doesn't know how to code for a PlayStation 3. And um, that game... That game needed a patch, but unfortunately Bethesda didn't fix the problem with like three of the patches it released and they had to release another. I I still don't know if they ended up fixing it because I haven't really played it since on PS3. In fact, I sold it and I just got the version on Steam when it went on sale. Um, So, but then there are games that might not have very much wrong with them. And yeah, like it eventually needs to be fixed like this little glitch or something like that, but they can wait to do it until um, later. So patches, they can be important, but um, they're not always that necessary, like, for instance, as it was for Skyrim. Yeah, like I totally agree with you. It's nice that, hey, we missed this bug. We'll patch it, you know, now Mm -hmm. that people have experienced it. But not when you know your game has these issues and then release it and then take... The next year, patching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Battlefield. Well, exactly. Battlefield. Battlefield. Perfect example. Okay. Like hell, even Watch Dogs. The game was what a, a month away from launch, and they delayed it. They didn't have to do it. They could have released it, and then patched it for the next four months. Oh no! I think it, it was going to get delayed even if it wasn't glitchy. Yeah. I'm well. I'm just giving you an example. Like you can delay it up to the last week of the game's release, in my opinion. I don't care if the game has gone gold. If, if the game goes gold and you still find that it's got huge glitches, I'd rather you delay it and fix it than release it, wait a couple months, and then patch it. Yeah. Personally. Now, here's this. Here's a great example. Uh, Valve with Portal 2 back in 2010, I believe. No, it, Portal 2 came out in 2011. But it was originally slated for a 2010 release. Um, Valve decided to delay the game twice. And here's what they said. Making games is hard. <laughs> they said <laughs> making games is hard. And here's, here's their statement, um, or here's part of their statement. Um, All life on Earth won't instantaneously stop as every molecule in your body explodes at the speed of light. Which is what what should what happen should a rip ever appear in the fabric of Valve time, and they were very careful to explain that the delay will make the game even better, missing a, a historic opportunity to create the first product delay press release to mention that a product is being delayed to make it worse. They missed their opportunity to make history and delay a product to make it worse. That's what they said. Wow. So. Valve, kudos to you for exactly doing, <laughs> for releasing for a for releasing a game when it's ready and not just when you think you can just make a little extra money off of it, and b 
for being so freaking funny. I like you, Valve. Blizzard's sort of like that. Sort of, I see. Blizzard does that stuff? The I, I think he's known StarCraft 2. Oh, yeah. They pretty much they, they don't give a release date and say it'll be out when it's ready. Yeah. yeah. And I that's... Think, uh, the last expansion pack, because the, they put down, it's like, oh, it'll be out sometime next year. Yeah. And then, and next thing, you got a release date like a month before it was actually coming out. It's like, oh, it's done. There you go. <laughs> and I you think that's because Blizzard is one of those companies that makes so much money just on WoW to this day. It still yeah. makes so much money on that game. Yeah. They're a company that can just do that easily. You know, I don't think Activision goes to there and is like, oh, you're going to release this game when we're telling you. No, <laughs> Blizzard is probably like, no, we're going to release it when we tell you it's ready. And Activision is not going to touch that. Mm-hmm. They're that big. And I think BioWare for EA is the same way. BioWare like, will release it when we feel it's ready to be released. Arena Net did that a couple years ago with Guild Wars for the longest time. Everyone's like, when's the release date? And even in the FAQ, it was like, when it's ready. <laughs> yeah, see, there's some, some, some companies and some developers that can get away with that. Kojima can get away with it because he's single-handedly keeping Konami in the business <laughs> yeah. with Metal Gear at this point. You know, you know Blizzard, Biowater. There's, there's some companies that can get away with it because they're so well-known. Konami, do you remember Dance Dance Revolution? Yes, of course I remember. Yeah, I yeah. used to freaking love that game. I bought it for PS3, but I didn't like the songs. <laughs> I was awesome. At, I, I, I could rock standard mode, but there were people who would just, I don't know, it's like Sonic the Hedgehog, a little mini Sonic the Hedgehog was attached to their feet and they could just do heavy mode somehow. But yeah. <laughs> You know, I think it just goes back to these the publisher. I mean, look how many developers that we know of are leaving these big publishers to start their own studios and be more independent. You know, the head guys of Criterion left from EA. You know, the, the head the head guy of the Castlevania franchise left from Konami just a few a few days ago. Yeah. Kenji and Apune left. Capcom someone, something's wrong. <laughs> someone just left from Sucker Punch. Yeah, the head guy of Sucker Punch just left. Was he a head guy? I think he was one of the head studio guys. Was he one of the lead writers, I thought? Uh, I'm not sure. But anyway, it's still, it's still kind yeah, of sucks. Maybe, especially maybe. Whatever happened with her, I don't know. Yeah. There's, something is going on with these big publishers that these people don't want to deal with anymore. Yeah. It's just a secret plan to create a, a studio out of all the best people in the world <laughs> and it's just going to make the best game that will just no other game will be able to ever beat yeah like, and, and the, people the people who are leaving are the ones who can get away with like this game is going to come out when I say it's going to come out mm-hmm. you know so I don't know it's, it's just this weird we're ta- oh, by the way I just want to say with Amy Hemming it, since she's left Naughty Dog now I hope she goes back to Crystal Dynamics and makes me another Legacy of Cain game because that game needs to <laughs> needs a sequel. Damn it! That new Legacy of Cain looks so bad. Yeah, because it's a multiplayer action game. Get that thing out of my face! Don't, <laughs> don't ever give me that again. <laughs> I want a story-driven game with Cain, written by Amy Henning, just like she wrote the last three games. What about so, Raziel? 
Well, I don't want to spoil the, the story, but I highly doubt Raziel is going to be back. <laughs> I doubt it, but, you know, but, plot twist. But you know what I'm talking about, Ben. Like, yeah. The Legacy yeah. of Cain Fry had one of the greatest storylines, I think, in the past 25, 30 years in video games. And I'm so sad that it never got a proper ending that it deserved. So, go back and do that. Suddenly gets announced tomorrow. I would be the happiest person in the world. (laughs) Because it needs it. You know, Andrew Nifune got so sick of Capcom, he's making his own Mega Man with a different name. (laughs) Nobody's saying it's not going to be Mega Man. It is going to be Mega Man, just with a different name. You know, there's a lot of pressure on studios, um, again, with the unrealistic expectations of a lot of gamers, that everything has to be, like, you know, crystal clear, super perfect, awesome, shiny, sparkly graphics, and just... Yeah. And the thing is, that's expensive. That's really expensive. You don't even know. That's expensive. So, um, it takes a lot of work. So... There's, I think there's a lot of pressure, and I, I think that that could be part of what's changing things so much, especially at these larger studios who have to perform these things and, and have to crunch down and pay attention to every little pixel. And yeah, especially when it comes to new franchises, man. Mm-hmm. You talk about expensive. I want to say this. Do you know how much money, new and tasty, the remake of Abe's Odyssey's cost your? No, no idea. Five million. Five million. And this is Five for an million. indie game. This is it's for an re- indie game. Well, no, it's a remake. Oh, it's a remake. Yeah. Okay. But it's a remake of a PS1 game. Five million dollars. Two million. Two million dollars came out the main guy, the actual producer's own pocket. And the idea, the idea that this audience has is, we want everything as awesome as possible, but we don't want to pay any more than we already are. Yeah. And that's really yeah. listen. I'm with you. I'm a consumer. I don't have a lot of money. Uh, I'm a college student. I I don't really want to go out and spend so much money on everything. But the fact of the matter is, we can't have our cake and eat it too. You know, there's this. This takes a lot of money and a lot of work and a lot of time nowadays. And these developers, they need the money, and it's it's so hard to. I'd imagine it's so hard to digest. You know, we they want this, and we want to give it to them, but we can't ask for any more money for it. It's like how how does that work? How do we how do we model this so that people will still buy the game, and and we can still make the money that we need to make to produce it and still have food on our table at night? You know, yeah, so, and 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 it also hurts developers from creating new IPs as well. Oh yeah. A lot of companies aren't going to take the risk these days because it costs so much money. This is why I'm giving Square Enix a lot of kudos right now because they're trying new IPs. You know, Murdered Soul Suspect is one of them. It's a huge step for them, I think. Capcom tried to do it on the PS3 as well with Asura's Wrath and Nier and all these other games, but... And, and now now there's, um, at the beginning of this generation, now there were a lot of people who were like, we want 4K gaming. And yeah, that sounds all well and good, but can you really tell the difference between 1080p60 and 4K? I mean, I, I think the difference is you can't even afford to buy a 4K TV right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's for a 4K game until you afford a TV. 
I'll admit, I don't know if the P- if the Xbox One uh, supports 4K media. I think it does. I'm not sure. But I know that the PS4 does or will support 4K media, just not 4K gaming's right, gaming right now. And the fact of the matter is, really, it's a resolution difference. You won't notice a difference in the resolution unless you're on a massive screen or a projector or something. Uh, otherwise, it's just going to look about the same as it does on 1080p. See, there's one, like, a lot of gamers will tend to think it's like they get something. It looks shiny. It looks amazing. But then they go, I want more. I mm-hmm. want it to look even better. I want it to yeah. look even shinier. And it's like the developers go, we can't win. No, they we can't. Our, they, we pour our heart and souls into this. We go completely over the top. And they still want more. And I guess you obviously you want more of a good thing. But it's like then if you take. I know they still got really good reviews, and but Uncharted 2 to 3, then people are like, oh, but we want more again. And Naughty Dog's like, eh. Yeah. yeah they got to take a break sometime, you know? <laughs> and and I, I hate when people, when like you said, these developers just pour everything into these games and they release them out, and then some. Then there are fans and, and people who just nitpick every tiny little thing and end up standing there like, eh, it's not your best. You know? And it... <laughs> That I, I hurt for them because there's so much work that goes into it. And, and sure, there's th- some of the complaints are legitimate, but some of them really aren't. And it's like, come on, there, there are so many more things. There are, there are better things you could have complained about than, you know, this little pixel being off or, or experiencing this glitch once that can easily be fixed. And, you know, I, anyway. But See, there's it, just... it damages a lot of reputations, in my opinion. It does. It I does. think. I think right now, Gearbox's reputation is probably the most damaged. Coming mm-hmm. out, home world, I will be going for them. <laughs> no, but that is reputation... that is my top game of all time. Nothing comes near it. <laughs> well, well, I hope they redeem it because right now their reputation is completely damaged because of what happened with Aliens: Colonial Marines. Let's not go there. This is see. It, all the lies and deceit that they threw out, and the fact that they never apologized for any of it, they, they or got took, one thing or took right. the blame. They got know? one thing right. They got the pulse rifle sound right. <laughs> well, the sound design was phenomenal. Yes, I'll give you that. But you know, it's just their reputation was heavily damaged by it, and it's really and with with gamers especially, you can release perfect, you know, nines and ten games for 10 years and then you release one one game that gets like a 7 or a 5 and all of a sudden nobody wants to play your games anymore and they just attack and destroy you as a developer and yeah. it's it's really sad to see that and then oh it's from the same guy and you know they make a new game and then oh it's from the guys who made Aliens Colonial Marines we don't want that yeah I- <laughs> all of a sudden nobody remembers Borderlands they all remember Aliens the game that got the, some of the worst reviews I noticed that a little bit with um, we posted an article on PlayStation Universe about um, EA feeling regret about not bringing Titanfall over to the PlayStation 4 and a lot of people were like oh you know you we don't want you anyway we don't want Titanfall anyway you, you, you messed with the PS4 so now you can go wherever you want and <laughs> that that just that doesn't make sense to me because if you're going to pass up a game without knowing much about it, a lot of people do say it's a really great game. And 
just because it was published, not even developed, but published by EA, you're not going to touch it just because you think EA messed up or you're somehow offended because they uh, dissed your favorite console, which is, in my opinion, kind of immature. Um, that, <laughs> that hurts because, yeah, EA makes mistakes, <laughs> no one's no one is flawless. EA makes mistakes, but when you go around them and you try to redeem them and everyone just shuts you out just because you did their favorite whatever, it's like, come on, guys. You know, that that's not a reason that's not a reason not to buy Titanfall. Buy Titanfall later, but because you don't think it's gonna be good. Um check that bit out first before you decide that of course. But not just because oh EA did it, you know. EA gets a lot of flack, though. I love my credibility in what I just said here, but the <laughs> EA, EA has an office just like a few miles from where I live down in Orlando. I'm coming to stay. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I'm Rockstar, I, like, close by, but... Yeah, I, I might apply for an internship there over the summer or something, if they have anything for communications majors. The thing is yeah. weird is, like, Scotland's main exports are whiskey and GTA 5. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, so what's your country export? Whiskey. What else? Uh, the biggest selling game of a generation, and it's also been taken to court several times, and yeah. Okay, leaving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you we know, have oil. Rockstar is, is awesome that way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Rockstar is one of those companies that will be like other companies will never take giant risks like with with their content. And I think the moment Rockstar does it, everybody automatically thinks, Oh, if Rockstar can do it, then we can surely get away with it too. Yeah. You know, yeah. like we had that discussion of, you know, um oh, what 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 was the discussion oh man, now I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, about about like we talked about the rape in Tomb Raider and how it was implied and all that stuff. If if something like that actually comes into a game, like if we see you know rape or sexual assault or anything like that, it's gonna come from Rockstar before it comes from anybody else. Because I think Rockstar is like the only company who can take the heat for something like that and still sell millions and millions of copies. They went to court so many times and nobody's won against them. No. Yeah. Like, I, if, if somebody else did it, say, like, Capcom did it, I guarantee you that game gets cancelled before it's even released. Yeah, or even I, has a chance to, to be released. Because I, I think Ross... I'm careful with that statement, because when you talk about something like sexual assault and whatnot, you run the risk of taking a lot of people off game. No, I, I know. I know that. I'm just saying, like, it, it's something that happens in the real world. If people want to be ignorant and ignore that something like that happens in the real world, that that's their problem, you know? Well, yeah, but show in movies they sh- they they talk about it in music and a lot of songs. Why why can't we just talk about it even in games? Like even the implication of it in a video game is horrendously bad that we we shouldn't even imply it at this well, point. What what I'm saying is that it, it depends on how it's used because again, this is a video game. This is where you're mimicking an action. So like if you're saying oh. If it's like, oh, in a cutscene, we're talking about how this character was raped or something, and you want to go do some do something about it, that's that's one thing. But you know, oh, you can pull this driver out of their car and rape them. You know, 
That's... Well, I'm not saying you have to be interacting <laughs> with it. Like, if it's in a cutscene or something, you know, yeah. nobody will ever touch that right now in the gaming industry. Just like nobody will, will touch kids, kids getting killed in video games. It's yeah. not going to happen. You don't see any kids in GTA, right? You can't just run over children with a car. It's going to be terrible. Nobody will play it. The game will get destroyed by everyone. I think that a lot of it is that um, many video games today are tailored toward adults rather than children. Yeah, but what I'm saying is if something like that ever comes to a video game, yeah, like, there will be... it, it, it will co- Rockstar will be the only one who can take the heat and still yeah. release their game and sell millions of copies. I think there are a lot of... I feel sad saying it, but, you know, I think there would be a lot of interesting stories that involve things like that. Like, for instance, uh, goodness, those of you who are parents would understand this, and I, I hope you don't take what I'm about to say into offense, but the idea of losing a child can make you do some really crazy things. So, you know, yes. there, are, there are a lot of stories that you can get from these tragedies that um, video games could really sell, and that could really make some really great video games. So. The Last of Us? The last, exactly, the last of <laughs> It was a heartbreaking moment. Hell, yeah. uh, Heavy Rain had the same thing. Mm-hmm. Heartbreaking moments like that. I, You know, slowly you start to see these things, and I'm pretty sure eventually we'll have them in, in games. I don't know in what kind of medium they'll be, but they'll be there. Yeah. But I, I'm just, I, for, for other companies, I, I don't think they'll ever pull the trigger until a bigger company, someone like Rockstar, who's been in the spotlight for so many years with controversies and the lawsuits, they are going to wait and see if, if, if anything happens to them, if they ever do it. Exactly. I'm just saying Rockstar will, in my opinion, will be the first one to pull the trigger on, on these kinds of things in in video games, because they're the only ones who can get away with it. In my opinion. A lot of people have said like the, the game industry hasn't really matured, though. It's like, a lot of people still look at it as if it's, like, a kid's pastime, which mostly can be, but, like, if you go to an adult, it's like, oh, I play games. Oh, so you just, you know, sit for hours and you just, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, no, there's proper stories and proper adventures you can go on. And it's just, like, too, too many people just look at it as if it's, like, a six-year-old's pastime. Okay, let me be honest about this. There was a time when I went with my friend to GameStop to hug him. It was a launch day. I don't remember what game. Um, But anyway, I walked in there, and there's a line of people around the whole store. And I looked around at all of them, and I was like, dude, all these people here look exactly the same. And I got a a couple of mean looks for it. But it's true that some of them them were fat and some of them were skinny and whatnot. None of them were really that muscular, okay? Um, A lot of them wore glasses. Some of them had long hair, short hair, but it was kind of greasy-looking hair. And the the truth is they all had... um, They all had the same look about them. They all looked about the same. And so there's this mentality, there's this stereotype about gamers that they really... That really do, uh, that really exists for a reason, um, and I'm not going to go ahead and say all gamers look like that because look at me, I'm a gamer and I'm like a six foot seven black guy, <laughs> but because um, gaming's for everybody. But th- there are stereotypes in games that makes the world look at us 
a certain way. And um, I think that they're starting to come out of that. I'm, I don't know if it's into a good way because a lot of the talk nowadays is about violence in video games and everybody apparently thinks that we're going to go blow up a school or something. So, well, which that's is... been the talk for ages. For It started with movies, same thing. You know, then it evolved. Look how much violence they show in movies now. And then it went to music. Oh, he listened to Marilyn Manson, so that's why he killed all those people. Yeah, it, which know? is absurd. But, but it is absurd. Now they're doing it with games as well. But there's so much more psychological stuff besides what media you, you take in that can drive a person to do things like that. So um, to, to blame certain types of... And this is a topic for me because I'm a mass communications major. We talk about this all the time. Um, to, to blame media for things like that is a little iffy because there's so much more that can be that can be the cause of the problem. Yeah, to me, not talking about it and not showing that these things happen in the real world is a bigger problem than people seeing and knowing that it does happen. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, like sexual assault rape, that happens. (laughs) Taking it away from the media, taking it away from movies, music, games, whatever, is just making people think that something like that never happens to them. Now, let me um, say that while I understand your point and agree with your point that we shouldn't purposely shy away from things like that. Mm. I don't think that it's something that we need to have. Um, no, we don't need to have it. I totally agree with you. I, I don't think it's something that, oh, they ha- they need to do this. They should put rape and sexual assault and, uh, you know, child killing and whatnot in video games. I don't think that that's something that the video game industry needs. But I do agree that it's not something that they should purposely avoid. Um because like you said, it is stuff that happens in real life. Um, but anyway, guys, it's been a heavy show. Things got heavy. <laughs> of course. Look at that. Us talking about like all these serious subjects. It's been like, less than good serious subjects. They are. They're good serious subjects. Guys, um, do me a favor, listeners. Tell us what you think about this issue. Should video games have more of these acts in them what could be the repercussions of that is is it something that they should continue to avoid doing head to twitter and tweet about it hashtag rdgh we will read your comments on the air on our next podcast and and before people flame us though i I do want to again say we're not saying these things should be in games or even need to be in games i'm just saying Shying away from these issues is is also not the right way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there just, was just... one, there was one tweet that someone sent that I'm trying to find, but Twitter's being a little goofy right now. Where is it? I'm talking for a second. I'll find it. Uh, go ahead. You should look at that link below. By the way, <laughs> what is when we come to the issue of sexuality? Yeah, I was wondering where Ben went. <laughs> in, in any sort of... Well, d- didn't someone uh, you say that he was, you know, had Final Fantasy and... Uh... Yeah, I've not been playing that, that's what I said. <laughs> oh, so you're playing Final Fantasy right now? Yeah, why are you talking about sexual harassment? <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> I can make uh... so many comments right now, but I'm not going to because I'll just get 
sexual harassment panda. Oh, 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 what are you talking about, Paul? Don't talk about Paul. <laughs> sexual harassment panda. South Park reference for anyone who, who gets it. Paul is our panda in, um... Yeah, see, look how much crap South Park gets away with it because people think it's funny. Yeah. 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 I don't like South Park. A lot of people think yeah. South Park is fun. I don't, I don't like South Park. It's one of those things, though, it's like we said like about Rockstar. It's because it works in, in South Park. It's like when people go, oh, that was really terrible, but it's South Park. Mm. Yeah. It's like people was like, oh, it's like, oh, that was terrible. It's Grand Theft Auto. Or that was terrible. It's Rockstar. Okay, I'm going to have to think of a new hashtag for us because our hashtag delivered us a picture with the hashtag yummy firemen on them, which I am not interested in. Oh, sorry it's about that. <laughs> Sexual assault. Yeah. Thing is, whatever you make it now, someone's deliberately going to find that picture and just post it for the lols. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry to answer that. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. For apologizing, um, wait, Ben, for everything. Yeah, keep <laughs> He's going. You can take it. <laughs> keep going. I'm trying to find this post. I don't know why it's gone. Uh, maybe he deleted it. It was a post from Fonz. Was it? Yeah. Was it? I, we get a lot of messages from Fonz. No, but it was a Twitter post. I saw it, and it specifically had RDGH, and it was talking about the Parappa the Rapper thing. And I specifically huh. saw it, but now it's gone. Fonz, did you delete it? <laughs> what happened? It doesn't delete. Okay. Yeah. Give Give me one more sec. Let me Let me look in one more place for it. If not, we'll just. Well, while you're doing that, let's our shoutouts and our Twitter accounts. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> um, ben is looking at. Ben is gone right now. Let's. What's that? Uh, shout out? He's what? looking at Riku right now. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, actually, I, I want to see what your response you is, Gary, to that photo I said. That photo in the chat, what's, what's your response to that? Because we were talking about Source Aspect earlier. I think it's awesome. Way. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, my. My shout-outs are the usual shout-outs to everyone on Twitter that I know. That's, that's about it, really. Go Twitter, team! <laughs> to Twitter! I found it. I found it. Um, nice. You're welcome. Our buddy, the Fonz, he said, Cameron and Jacob were taken advantage of. They should continue fighting until they receive justice. Um, again, talking about what we did last week. with uh, They were actually here. Cameron and Jacob were both with us on RDGH. And they had been apparently scammed by Dread Fox, who they paid him to do a job, and he didn't do it, and he didn't return their money. Ongoing situation, check out parappathescammer.blogspot.com or .co.uk. And um, that's our only tweet for now. <laughs> tweet us more, people. Tweet us more. Yeah, tweet us with your words. This is where every all the spam happens. Yes. Uh, anyways. Uh, Delicious spam. Like. Throw hate at us, do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. talk to us. Just We're friendly, talk. usually. So, <laughs> Follow um, me. Ben, were you finished? Sorry. Yeah, uh, no, I did promise last week will be my last oh, RDGH. Yeah, look at that. I forgot about that. I wasn't actually supposed yeah. to be hosting this week. 
Dane is settled in Korea, but he's having trouble with his internet. And next week he'll be unavailable, and we don't even know after that. So, um, internet, uh, internet run you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it would seem that, quote unquote, for the foreseeable future, um, you will be stuck with me, the commissioner, Glenn Gordon, as your host for RDGH. Um, okay, and... the size now. <laughs> Thank you so much for your. No, if, if you vote enough, we might get Gary to be host one week. <laughs> we got enough requests. Why do you have to vote? Him, why do you have to vote me off for that? Because <laughs> I would. I'd love to see Gary host one I'd week. I'd like to see Gary I don't host have anyone too. Else. Gary, you should host. <laughs> I know how to do it. It'll probably be like the worst podcast ever. Listen, you just. Well, if people can understand, can handle my hosting, then they can handle anyone's. You you just have to keep talking and not be like me. The first time I hosted this, I was playing Guild Wars at the same time, so I was like half not paying attention <laughs> and just hoping that people would just talk. I'm going to your account one day and delete all your characters. Dude! <laughs> Dude. <laughs> no, you can't, because Sorry. Guild Wars has a thing with it uses Google authentication. So if you try to log into my account from a place that's not my normal IP address, it will ask for my approval first. Also, that's a sore subject for me. Oh, really? Did you get hacked? Uh, well, actually, Square Enix hacked my own account. What? what? Basically, what happens is, when I was playing Fancy Eleven, uh, they said my account had been hacked and had changed my password. Well, I was... I've got. I was... I, I'm not going to put my own, but I was really popular on my server. I pretty much knew everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, I knew people on Skype. Anyway, they noticed that nobody had ever logged into my account. Nobody had sold anything on the auction house. Nobody had done anything. So, obviously, something had happened. Square had obviously thought I'd been hacked, changed my password, and had never gave me a password. Man. So, yeah. What the heck, Square? That was... Speaking of Square Enix, for the love of God, please, Square, change the way you run your website to sign in and log in and register to play <laughs> any game online. <laughs> yeah. Especially Final Fantasy. My god, it took me like <laughs> two hours to register with you guys to play the beta of Final Fantasy fourteen. Right. Just yeah. just change it completely. Final Fantasy fourteen has had some issues from the beginning. Like they had to go back and read like apologize to people for not I don't I don't know. It was a big situation. But um, anyway, guys, let's see. Ben, you've done your shout-outs and stuff. Gary, how about you? Oh, the same as always. My friends, my family, uh, <laughs> you guys, the listeners, especially Alfonso. Uh, what's his name again? Sorry. Alfonso. Alfonso. I can never pronounce his name. Alfonso. We're probably getting it all wrong anyway. I want to ask, is that your real name, or is that just the name you, you go by? <laughs> I think that's his real name because he uses Snova or Snova or Snova Snova I don't know he uses a different word for his square handle because okay, so. I think it's all I've never in my life heard that name before so kudos for having a unique name okay uh, and how, I, how can people find you? Uh, they can find me at Gagalush that's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H that's on Twitter uh, you can also find me or contact me uh, find me <laughs> At uh, Gary, that's G-A-R-R-I, uh, P-S-U dot com. Now, Gary, how many followers do you have right now? I don't know. I think it's like at 52. 52? 
This guy needs more followers. Don't forget, if you follow Gaglaush here, he might buy you a free game. Once he, Every time he gets to 100, he says he's going to buy someone a game of his or her choice, or maybe yes. just a gift card. So, so reach 100. Him. Follow me. Believe in me. <laughs> By the way, Gary, did you ever watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yes. Uh, the person who played Carlton was called Alfonso. Yes, Alfonso Ribeiro. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Alfonso's an amazing name because Fresh Prince of Belair is an amazing show. It just connects. Fraser. Yeah. Thank you for being here today, man. Thank you for having me. The shapeshifter, Fraser. Of course. Why do you call him the shapeshifter? I don't think we ever explained it. No. Yeah, he, for one, um, actually, let's have him explain it. Why do we call you? Why am I going to explain it? You just came up with it. Why do we call you that? Why do we call anything anything? Why do you think we call you that? Because I look like someone, but not like someone. <laughs> <laughs> you look like someone, but sound like someone else, but act like someone else, but do what? Ah, looks, the okay, this guy, he looks like Delson from Infamous Second Son. He also looks like a friend of mine from high school named Matt. And um, he Gosh. sounds... I, he has a Scottish accent, which is very similar somehow to that of Colin Morgan, who plays Merlin in the BBC um, Adventures of Merlin show, which is an amazing show. You should watch it. So he looks kind of like everyone, so we're calling him the Shapeshifter. That's his official RDGH nickname. Fraser the Shapeshifter Miller. Um, anyway, Fraser, how can people reach you, sir? Well, thank you for everyone for listening, of course. But if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Fraz101, free Zeds, of course. See, I don't think Americans will understand what a Z is. Well, what do you call it? Z you call it Z. Z? <laughs> yes. Z? Free Zs? <laughs> don't like it. Yeah, okay, so Fraz101, F-R-A-Z-Z-Z-101. Um, is that everyone? Oh, me. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's everyone. Let's <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up. Come on, guys. If you want to contact me directly, I am at goglen underscore on Twitter, at G-O-G-L-E-N-N underscore. Or if you just want to talk to us in general at the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at R-D-G-H-P-S-U. So um, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, a list of R-D-G-H homework. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, we're under PlayStation Unchained, so you'll subscribe to them at the same time, which I promise you was a good thing. We were just, this exact same cast was just there. So, um, yeah, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can have both of our amazing podcasts downloaded to all of your iThings automagically. That is a good thing. Um, with that, guys, we are finished. Episode 10 is in the books. Join us next week. We will be back, and I will be hosting, as far as I know. So, um... Yeah, we're done. Thanks for listening. Uh, as always, we wish you a great week and great gaming. And as always, don't be a racist. Don't be a racist. <laughs> Huzzah. <laughs>